Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team this is A's cast live your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics drive to deep center field going back Hernandez at the track right to the wall gone Elvis Andrews and 29 other MLB clubs high drive deep left field Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good Monday to everybody out there. Welcome to A's Cast Live as we have a phenomenal show for you, and we're getting you ready for a phenomenal series between the Athletics and the White Sox. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tim Kirchin, longtime personality at ESPN, baseball historian. He's going to be on the call tonight because the game is not only going to be on ESPN, but it's also going to be on NBC Sports California. And when you look at this matchup, and we got a lot going on in baseball. It's just not the White Sox. It's just not the A's. Like, I could I could tell you that here we are for the third straight Monday. This is pretty wild. For the third straight Monday, we have a new division leader in the National League West. For the third straight Monday, August 2nd, it was the Mets. August 9th, it was the Phillies. August 16th, it's now the Braves. So there's a lot to get into other than just the A's and the White Sox. But what a series this is going to be. Do we have my Rocky Balboa music? Running? can't hear it oh it's there i got it yeah yeah, there's something going on and this happened in our last shows like i'm barely hearing the intro i'm fair like i don't even hear this at all oh i mean i got it all Uh, right but it's there you could keep talking but it's there all right tale of the tape between a team that is 68 and 50 and another team who is 68 and 50 
The A's have lost a game coming into this. They got a one-game losing streak. Well, the White Sox, they have a two-game losing streak because as great as that walk-off win, Tim Anderson, two-run shot, field of dreams in Iowa was magical, no question about it. Well, then they went back home, and then they dropped the next two to the Yankees. So the A's got a one-game losing streak. The White Sox have a two-game losing streak. If you just start looking at some of the numbers going down the line, let's look at old man batting average. The Athletics are 20th in baseball with a 238 average, while the White Sox are 7th in baseball, far better, with a 250 average. Run scored, I'm telling you, the correlation of average to run scored is so interesting. So the A's are 13th in baseball with 542 runs, while the White Sox are 7th in baseball with 585. Home runs. Well, you'd think the White Sox, who have more runs scored than the A's, would have more home runs. No, they don't. The A's are 10th in baseball with 150 home runs, while the White Sox are 18th at 140. Here you go again. You can't make it up. OPS. Well, what happens is when you hit, you get on base more. And your slugging's pretty good. You're just not relying on home runs. The A's OPS, they rank 14th in baseball at 728, while the White Sox are 8th in baseball at 751. So in these different offensive categories, the only place the A's are better are in home runs. But I got another stat that's going to make you feel good about that. But the A's have been turning around. Let's face it. These numbers that we have on Starling Marte going into this series are amazing. I think this offense is completely different than it was, especially with Marte in it. And hopefully getting Harrison back. And I think with Jan Gomes too. But the reality is the White Sox, they put the ball in play. So they have scored more runs and they have a better OPS. When it comes to pitching, oh boy, they're pretty similar. In team ERA, the Athletics are fifth in baseball with a 3.64 earned run average. Where are the White Sox? They're sixth, right behind the A's at 3.65. So that's pretty evenly matched. 3.64 to 3.65. Home runs allowed. This is an interesting one, though. So the A's are 26th in baseball. This is where you want to be. Remember, there's 30 teams. This is the one stat you don't want to be number one in because that means you've given up the most home runs. So the closest to 30 is where you want to be. The A's are 26th in baseball, having given up only 122. Where are the White Sox? They're 14th. They've given up up 143 dingers. Think about that. 122 to 143. And as we all know, A starters lead all of baseball in innings pitched. Where the A's also have a huge advantage. It's picking up the baseball. If you look at defense, the A's are 28th in baseball and defense in errors. 
Once again, you want to be at the bottom. You don't want to be number one. There are times you don't want to be number one and you want to be at the bottom. Giving up home runs and errors are two of them. The A's have only had 50 errors on the season and could set a record for an A's team, fewest errors in a year. Where are the White Sox? Once again, you want you don't want to be close to number one, and they are. They're tied for seventh with three other teams. They've got 69 errors. So the A's keep the ball in the yard better. The A's are a better fielding team. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. 68 and 50 versus 68 and 50. The tail of the tape where you got Frankie Montas up against Dallas Keuchel. You got Seabass against Ronaldo Lopez. Wednesday, Cole Irvin against Lance Lynn. Will be interesting to see where the series is when the A's face the ace for the Chai Sox, Lance Lynn. And then Caprellian up against Dylan Cease, the final game. That will be a Thursday. By the way, Commander Cody, is that a day game on Thursday? Getaway day? Yeah, it's an early start, too. I want to say it's like 11, an 11 10 game well, on, on Thursday. Time, yeah. Uh, well, a, a, a one ten start would, would be normal for them. Yeah, so an eleven ten for yeah. us. The rest are all night games. Yeah, so eleven ten on Thursday. So the A's right now are nine and three in August, tied for the best record in the AL. They've won twelve of six. They're eighteen games over five hundred. And this this to me is a series. Because lately, kind of what's driven me nuts is people start playing the schedule game. And I sit there and I go, you got to play the schedule in front of you. And if you're always looking at going, well, Houston has these guys. And, you you know, strap it on against the very best in the game. See what you got. Get battle-hardened for the postseason. Because you're not going to see the bad teams in the postseason. I I can't tell you, Cody, how many people have recently reached out to me like, I can't believe the Astros schedule is earlier. It's like you don't play. This isn't football. We don't play that in baseball. Now, these writers need some type of – they need something that they need. They need content. They got to put up content. Does it really matter your schedule? At the at the end, you're everybody's going to play everybody. It, it is what it is. Are you good enough to be a postseason team or not? So I mean, I mean, if you look at the biggest difference between the Athletics and the Astros, you look no further than what's happened in division. The A's are twenty nine and twenty six in division, while the Astros are thirty two and fifteen. And part of that is the Astros have kicked the A's ass. So, I mean, it's no excuses. You win who they put in front of you. So, I, I tell you, Cody, I hate playing the schedule game. I think I think it's weak. Yeah, there was an article by Jeff Passan and, uh, and on ESPN.com, and he broke down, I guess he called it, like, the worst seven teams in baseball. And they, he looked at every team, the playoff teams, and the team with the, the easiest schedule remaining was the Astros. They have, like, 17 games left against teams that are – the seven considered the seven worst teams in baseball. And then the Mariners have 13. The Jays have 12. The Red Sox have 12. The Yankees have nine. Uh, the A's have six. 
They have three games left with Texas, three games left with the Royals. I guess we don't consider the Angels a team that's terrible, but they're like right around 500. Uh, their their playoff hopes are kind of bleak right now, but they're not considered terrible. They're not the Royals and they're not the the Rangers. So yeah, the Astros, like I said, I think I mentioned last week, the Astros don't play a playoff team until the beginning of September when they play the Padres. Uh, that that's Fernando Tatis, the new right fielder of the San Diego Padres, who they play next is a playoff team. But yeah, you got to play the teams in front of you. And uh, Tim Kirkson was very, uh, you know, he had a good answer about that, which everyone will hear in three thirty. But you just got to play the teams in front of you, and this is a good series for the A's. I mean, this, that was a great playoff series last year in Oakland when these two teams matched up. Now, I know Rick Renteria used every single pitcher in his, in his rotation and bullpen in game three, but uh, it, was, uh, it was a great series for the A's to get through, and you saw what the, what the White Sox did in the offseason. They added Liam. They bolstered their starting rotation by bringing in Lance Lynn, and they, they knew what they needed to do, and they have a great young lineup. They, they're getting all their guys back. So it's going to be a great series. Well, and I'll give you one guy that if, if, if the trend continues, I almost want to say uh, save my Starling Marte information because the Starling Marte information that's coming out is just, it's incredible. It really is incredible. Enough for me to say this. Are you into the most valuable player on the guy that affects the playoff race, or are you just giving it to the guy who's had the best year? It's always been it's always been that question, and that's the reason why they created the Hank Aaron Award to give it to the best offensive player. So if you're Andre Dawson on a last place Cubs team, but you have the best statistics, how are you the MVP if your team's in last place? Now, obviously. It wasn't the Hawks' fault that the Cubs were terrible. But teams in last place, how valuable can you be? So I think about that, and I think about Shohei Otani, and I think, oh, everything he's doing offensively. Oh, everything he does is a bit. Yeah, but they're not even in the race. He's got great value to himself, but he doesn't make, he can't make up for the deficiencies of who the Angels are. So does that make him the most valuable? Is he the most valuable player in the league if his team can't win? And what happens if the A's overtake? And I know I'm playing Homer here, all right? I'll admit it. But Starling Marte is affecting the race far more than Shohei Otani. He's putting up numbers that no one's ever put up before. And you might be going, wait, what? We'll have that for you. But the guy for me that if this is true, if my eyes are not lying to me, you know, it was that five-walk game for Matt Chapman in Cleveland that tied the A's record with what? It was McGuire, Conseco, it was Ricky. Who I, else was on that list? I can pull it up for you. Uh, it was um, our baseball Ricky information. That Mike Mike Selleck tweeted out a few days ago. Let me see if I can. He uh, it was. Uh, I, know, I know it was Big Mac. I know it was Conseco. I Ricky, know it was Ricky and uh, A's legend Billy North. Billy North. Wait, that was it. it was only four guys. There was the four guys. Yeah. So. 
you walked that many times, and lately he's been walking a lot, which is better than him strike one, strike two, strike three, which we were seeing a lot, which was kind of disturbing for the whole year's been disturbing, right? And I know people try to, to, you know, they've tried to make excuses for him, and that's fine. Well, listen, he still has some RBIs, and he plays good defense. There's no way Matt Chapman, before two weeks ago, would be telling you I'm having a good year. He has to be miserable inside. But he's not going to show you because he's a guy that's about winning, and it's one of the reasons I love the guy. We are a production-based business. You either do or you don't. And that's a reality. Well, lately, Matt Chapman is doing it. Matt Chapman has reached base safely 13 of his last 18 plate appearances. That is an on-base percentage of 722 over his last four games. Three dingers, four RBIs, and even more important, nine runs scored. If Matt Chapman starts to come alive, I'm not asking him to hit, I'm not asking him to be a batting champion. But if you start getting consistency from him and getting power and he's driving in runs and he's scoring runs, it's like adding a guy at the waiver wire process. But there's a lot of guys coming into this game who are really, really hot. Like Tim Anderson, who just had the two 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 run shot walk off field of dreams, he's hitting three twenty seven, four home runs, eleven RBIs, and in his last eleven games. How about Jose Abreu? He's hitting three sixty seven with a twelve hundred OPS. He's got a twelve game hitting streak during that time, with eleven runs scored, six home runs, eight RBIs. And I'll give you one more for the athletics. Matt Olson's hitting 342, five extra base hits, nine RBIs in the last 10 games. Oh, and we got to throw in Eloy Jimenez, who's come back from the torn pack. 333, six dingers, 19 RBIs, 1,069 OPS in 15 games. So you have, and, and also remember, at this time of the year, can you name what their ballpark is now, Cody? Because it's changed. It's probably changed names, I would guess, five times or more. Uh, guaranteed rate field. Guaranteed rate field at this time of the year is a bandbox. Now, at the start of the year, when it's freezing cold in Chicago, and it's kind of, is that off Lake, Lake Michigan? Uh, yes, it's Lake Michigan. So when that cold wind snowflakes coming off Lake Michigan, uh, not so much. Where the, what, where, where's that ballpark at, though? Uh, it would be on the east side. No, no, it's it's. I think it's a bit west side. No, it's the cardinal directions going down. That be um, uh, that's the south side of Chicago is where they play. Are we gonna have our? Oh uh, yeah, we gotta do the bet. Yeah, or not the bet, the whatever we call it. So our broadcasters, just like all broadcasters, <laughs> love saying the South Side. South Side. South Side of Chicago. It's the South Side of Chicago. The North Siders, the South Siders. It's a four game set, Cody. 
Four games. What do we do? Uh, well, we didn't do it last year. Uh, it no, really is. It really is. You hear this guy's name, Robert Costa. It really is his most important job of the year is to count how many times. Because I can't listen to every second of every moment. He'd, uh, oh, Pastorino, Scott, the great Scott Pastorino will be a part of this series too. So in a four-game set, what would you put the over and under Ken, Vince, South side of South side, South side of Chicago. Just the word South side has, has to be mentioned. 40. That, that that's just in a game. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I guess I aim too low then. Three and post game count. Th- that include you too, though. Cause you're no, technically- I will not say it. Well, I'll say because you're technically about. I'm not going to. I will not say South Side because I will not add to the count. <laughs> but it could slip out of your mouth, and that's get that if adds it does, to the tally. It doesn't count. <laughs> I'm not a part of the bet. Um, I uh, so forty's too low. I feel like a hundred's too high. Oh, that's way too. High. I was thinking sixty. I was going to set it. I was because I want to be fair. You know. A bet. The only way a bet is a good bet is if you set the line. This is what Vegas does. They set the line not so like one group of people win because then they'd lose their shorts. They set the line so that people will bet on both sides. So if they say, listen, Niners are taking on the Seahawks. Niners are going to be favored by three and a half. They'll throw the hook in there. But they're they're they're, they're going to make it so people bet on both sides. So whoever wins, they don't lose it. I mean, if you set a ridiculous number and one team wins, everybody will everybody the sharps will jump all over that and they'll hammer that number and they'll take you to the cleaners. I will go. You want to set it like 45, 50, 48 and a half. I always love the halves. Yeah, forty eight and a half. All right, we're gonna set. South side for let's go. Let's go 46 and a half. Are we no? Is this just radio? Are we doing radio and A's cast? Or we do, or should we throw Glenn and Dallas in there too? No, that's television. We don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't deal with them. It'd be curious to see how many times because we're not gonna be able to watch both. Be curious how many times, and I don't know who's calling the game for ESPN because it hasn't been out there. I just got lucky texting Tim Kirkshin and asking him. That he's on the broadcast. I don't know who's the play-by-play guy for ESPN. Because Carl Ravitz is doing the Little League World Series, so I don't know. And it's not Roxy because it's on him. So I have no idea who's doing it. It won't be from Chicago, I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, unless it's... Uh, Welcome to the south side of Chicago from Bristol, Connecticut. Are you ready for the Starling Marte? Uh, there's a lot. Did you, get, did you get the one that I sent you? Yes. Okay. I mean, do you know what I'm saying about MVP? Starling Marte right now is affecting the American League more than Shohei Otani. Well, there's a there's a good one too, and I don't want to go. So I'll send 30 seconds on it. It's the same thing in the National League. Everyone's going to say how it's you know it's Fernando Tatis, which yes, he's having a great year, but he's missed 30 something games. Bryce Harper's missed games too. Willie Adamas has been a huge part of the Brewers' success this year and what they've done, and he should be a guy that's getting considered for the MVP as well. 
Um, and I'll get more into that later uh, for if we get to buying and buying or selling. But yeah, he's a guy that just like uh, Marte, who's really helped the Brewers since he's come over from the race. Uh, Fernando Fernando Tatis has missed so many games. Uh, his team is ten games out right now. He still leads the National League in home runs, though. That's incredible. He's missed all those games. <laughs> you guys are so into stats. Are are you winning? Well, they're still the second wild card, though. That's all people care about. Are you winning? But you're right, though. They're the giant. The Giants don't lose. The Giants just keep winning. They're ten games back. Are we talking about the most valuable? Or are we talking? Do do I need to do I do I need to go into my house? Have you ever seen an actual most valuable player trophy? I have no. All right, at the break. I'm going to bring you back something. You can take a picture of it and put it on Twitter. But Starling Marte, and I know, once again, folks, I understand. He barely got here. He'll be here for a couple months. I'm not buying that he's a rental, by the way. I really am not buying that. How many times now have guys come to Oakland and they have said, I kind of like it here, man. There's a good group of guys. It's a good clubhouse. I almost sound like I'm John Gruden. Get down. He got, he got a lot of good guys in here, man. I was going to say you sound just like Gruden. It's just like, you're like, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Downey, I'm telling you. In this room, I'm telling you. I like, I like a lot of these guys. By the way, Raiders, 1-0 on the season. Big win against the Sea Chickens. Uh, First time, fans in the stands. I, I, I put out a tweet jokingly on Saturday at the Niner game. Trey Lance turned incomplete pass. I don't think the kids got it. I, that pass, that, that pass just wasn't there. Literally, Twitter ate me alive for putting that out there. People really don't think that they don't understand sarcasm. He's he threw, the greatest quarterback since Joe Montana. But didn't I, we say that about Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, the other one was Patrick Mahomes looked bad in the first round. I said, I, I don't think the I don't think this guy's guy. I, I think the, the Chiefs need to look elsewhere. Chad Henney should struggle. be yeah. going to struggle. Chad Henney should be your starting quarterback in fantasy football. I mean, if you could unload him and his ownership of the Royals, I'd get rid of him right now. Where was I talking about? <laughs> uh, Starling Martin, how great he's been. Okay. Did you know that no player ever in the history of baseball has gone to a new team and in their first 15 games had 11 RBIs and 11 stolen bases. Has never, ever, 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 ever happened before. Now, I'd like to say I came up with that. I'd even more like to give Cody credit for that. I mean, God, I got to kiss his butt every day anyway. Tell him how great he is. That's coming from some type of... That's coming from an ESPN stack pack. You're going to hear that with Tim Kirchner coming up here in just moments. I bet you have that. Hembo that's probably found like it. The, uh, you think that's Hembo? That's Hembo probably. Yeah. See, I'm telling you, these guys got stats not even we have. These packets that they got. I mean, how would you know to even look that up? Like, how would you look that up? It's a it's it's totally um it, it's a baseball reference search you probably do or it's a it's a it's a stat thing that I don't have access to that they can look up a lot faster than I can. 
Well, why, why do they have access? We pay for the baseball reference thing. Why can't we get it? Yeah, but ESPN also probably pays for all those the all those stat the advanced stat stuff that we don't have. Yeah, they got companies. See, that's the dirty little secret. When you go like these guys are really smart, they've got these companies that are crunching all this stuff that they pay for, so they can come up with stuff that us schmucks can't get. So when we're watching the broadcast tonight. Hey, do you know that Starling Marte is the first guy ever in fifteen games? Like, how would you know that? They've played ba- – how many years have we been playing? We've been playing over 150 years. How would you know that? It's uh, – I didn't know this. Did you know that the first time that uh, overhand pitching is allowed was back in 1884? I heard that today on Buster's podcast. But you left out the, the one I sent you about Starling Marte. Oh, I'm, I want to oh, save all okay. our bullets all right. here. I wanted to give that, that one. I'll tell you, the Tyler Gilbert throwing that no-hitter in his first start, I'm thinking no one's ever done this. Oh, wait, 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 Jack. There's been four guys who have done it. Do you know who they are? And can you name the years? I know one guy was 1953, but I forget the name. That would be Bobo Holeman. <laughs> there is Bobo. <laughs> the great Bobo Holeman did it May 6, 1953. Can you guess the other two? Uh, no idea, but I, I remember I remember hearing uh, Glenn Kuyper say on the broadcast they were he remembers watching they were good they had a good splitter change uh, combination. It was back to back years. It happened like 1903, 1904. Theodore Breitenstein, October fourth, eighteen ninety one. Followed up by the next year, Bum Bumpus Jones. On October 15th, 1892. How the hell do you find that? I don't know, but I'm, now I'm curious. I want to see what Theodore Breitenstein's career numbers are. Wow. He had a 50 career war, 160 wins, 170 losses. Uh, he pitched in 2,973 career innings. He only struck out 893 batters, and he started 342 games. A nice little career. Coming up next year on A's Cast Live. We will have Tim Kirchner from ESPN as we get you ready for the Chai Sox and the A's. Where? On the south side. A's fans, join us for the biggest music festival in the fall. It's the inaugural Battle Axe and Tracks Music Festival, held October 2nd and 3rd in Carson City, Nevada. Grammy Award nominees Kenny Wayne Shepard, Larkin Poe, Samantha Fish, and North Mississippi All-Stars are just four of the 15 acts. Festival activities also include axe throwing and freedom rail bike tours. Tickets on sale now with VIP two-day and single-day tickets available. Check out the full schedule at BattleAxeandTracks.com. That's BattleAxeandTracks.com. Hi, this is Eduardo Perez from ESPN. When I'm in the Bay Area, I make sure I listen to A's Cast Live. Well, earlier today, we were able to catch up with our old friend, Tim Kirchin. I mean, what hasn't he done at ESPN? TV, radio, came into the business as a writer, podcast. You hear him on Buster Only's podcast all the time. Uh, he is one of the best. Here is our conversation with Tim Kirchin. Tim, how excited are you for this four-game set between the Athletics and the White Sox on the south side? Well, it's a great series between two teams that I think are going to the playoffs. Certainly the White Sox are going to win their division easily. Both teams have the identical record, have identical records. They're both playing pretty well lately. They're pitching 
both teams have been really good lately and they're two really fun teams to watch. So count me in anytime the White Sox and A's are playing, especially late in the season like this with a lot on the line. Yeah, if you think back to our playoff series last year, how exciting that was. And our old friend Jim Harbaugh, when he was uh, the head coach of the 49ers, would always say, iron sharpens iron. I know this is just a four-game set. We got a lot of baseball after this. But don't you think this is good for both these teams to kind of match up and see where you're at? Uh, Absolutely. And the fact that, again, they played each other last year in a very good series which the A's won. I'm sure the White Sox haven't forgotten about that. Um, And I think it's always great to play better teams down the stretch, get you even more ready for the postseason. And with so many, frankly, bad teams out there, I think the best way to make it to the postseason is to, to win as many games as you can against good teams. So when October rolls around, you're ready. I am so glad you said that, and that's why we love having you on the program because all these people are talking about strength of schedule, who's got the easier schedule. I want to beat the best. That I mean, Tim, that prepares you for the postseason when you beat the best and you face the best. Yeah, th- there is something to be said for strength of schedule more now than ever. I never used to believe in that, but over the last three years or so, and this is not a good uh, development, the gap between the really bad teams and the really good teams is wider than I know I've ever seen it in over 40 years of covering the game, and it's not good. So when you beat up on bad teams, that would, that's what you're supposed to do. But, you know, bad teams beat good teams all the time. They go into enemy ballparks and sweep a three-game series when that should never happen. But that just doesn't happen anymore. So I just prefer to see two really good teams play, and I think every good team beats a good team, and then they go into the playoffs saying, well, we we knocked them around in August. Now we're ready to knock them around in October. You know, when I think about the A's before the deadline and the A's after the deadline, and I know you're very high on the A's right now. We heard you on Buster's podcast, Baseball Tonight. Uh, what a great podcast, really second to none. Just talk about how you see the A's before the trade le- trade deadline and now how you see them. Well, I liked them before the trade deadline. I really like them now because of what Starling Marte has done, especially. I mean, he's got you know, he's got 11 steals and 11 RBIs in his first 15 games. No one's ever done that with their first 15 games for any team. 11 RBIs, 11 steals. That's how productive he has been. He has given them another dynamic offensive player who can hit all throughout the lineup, especially at the top. He's a, it's a, it's an above average defensive player. So him alone really adds to where the A's are, but they did some other things. You know, Josh Harrison, Jan Gomes, those guys are useful players. And in this day and age, when you use your entire 25-man roster and flexibility is critical and you're resting guys, you need a really good bench. And that's what the A's have done. So I was very impressed with what they did at the deadline. You know, Tim, it's been really funny. When, when Starling gets on base, everybody in the ballpark knows he's going. And now with these pitchers who are just up there trying to throw as hard as they can and strike everybody out, they're not paying attention to the runner. He's taking advantage of it. 
it's like we're back in the 80s. It's it's like our guy Ricky Henderson or Vince Coleman is back. Everybody knows he's going, and he keeps stealing these bags. Yeah, and Ricky Henderson is the last A's player to have 11 steals and 11 RBIs over any 15-game period, not just first 15 with the team. That's how productive – Marte has been, and I, I find it kind of interesting that there was a time there where the A's said, you know, basically, we don't want anybody to steal on our team. It's not a productive play, but it is now, and it's when you can move up 90 feet and get people going and steal a base like that, I think it really matters, and it really matters to Marte and the A's right now. Well, yeah, uh, Starling has actually thrown down a couple bunts, and I joked with our general manager because we have the general manager show, and I said, David Force, I'm not going to get fired if I talk about stealing bases and bunting, right? Because <laughs> yeah, Go ahead. I love to see a good bunt once in a while myself, but I'm 64 years old, and I just remember a time when stealing a base and moving a guy up with a bunt was an important play. We've gotten so far away from it that it's really refreshing to see it used once in a while. You know, Tony LaRusso, the Hall of Famer, is a friend of our program. We've had him on many times, obviously, in A's great. And I just thought it was just ridiculous when people thought he wouldn't be able to manage the White Sox. I was like, you kidding me? Tony has managed some of, some of the biggest egos in the history of the game, from Ricky to Jose Canseco to Dennis Eckersley. I mean, some of the greatest players of all time. So I don't think you're shocked that Tony's being successful in Chicago. Not at all. And I was uh... – I was a little disappointed that some people just said, well, he's too old to do this. And uh, I just wasn't one of those. And I know I checked with Buck Showalter, who I check with on a lot of things these days, as I have for years. And he watched the three-game series between uh, the White Sox and the Yankees. And he assured me, Tony, on the field, strategy-wise, is still the same Tony, which means he's totally on top of everything that's going on. And he just takes time to get to know his players. I mean, he knew every player on his team inside and out, what button to push. It just took him some time to figure out, you know, what to do with some of those White Sox guys that he frankly had never met before. Well, he's figuring that out. And Tony's done, no surprise to me at least, a really good job managing the White Sox. And talk about as you prepare for this game, uh, the White Sox, they got a lot of swagger. They got a lot of talent. And for the first time in a while, they're healthy. Yeah, Eloy Jimenez has really made a difference since he's come in. He had back-to-back two homer, five RBI games, which is quite rare today, any day. Um, Luis Roberts back, so they basically have their their offense back. They made some really important moves at the trade deadline. They got Craig Kimbrell, so now with him, Leon Hendricks, they have two guys at the end of the game throwing, you know, mid to upper 90s. Um, it's a, it was a really good team before the trade deadline. It got better at the trade deadline, and then it got even better when the, they really got healthy. So I think the White Sox have as good a chance as any team in the American League to go to the World Series. That's how impressive they are. Well, I want you to put your baseball historian hat on. And we all know that Field of Dreams, the movie, was one of the great, not only baseball movies, but for its time, it was one of the best movies during that time. Uh, just take us through your thoughts of that game that got great ratings and really kind of, you know, inspired a lot of people to remember about Field of Dreams in Iowa. 
Yeah, uh, it's my favorite movie of all time. Not my favorite baseball movie, my favorite movie, period. That's how much I love that movie. I've watched it a million times, and I cry every time I watch it. I can't help it. And I thought the the whole Field of Dreams game was just spectacular on every level. It was about pure baseball. There were no there was no walk up music and exploding scoreboards and things to do in the stands other than watch the baseball game. I think that was really great. And uh, of course, we got a great game too, which really helped things. So I, I hope everyone watched and, and we just saw how great the game still is. You know, it it has its issues today. It, it doesn't sell itself very well, but that game right there just showed you again why baseball is the best game there is. Let's end on this. I think about uh, twice I've been to Tokyo with the A's. The A's have always said, hey, listen, we'll go to Australia. We'll go anywhere. We we want that experience. I I look at that field, and just to think of how we could grow this, I think every single year we should do this, and at some point every single franchise should play there. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think um, it was such a smashing success. No surprise, by the way that it should be there. They should play a game there every year. And uh, the, the White Sox don't have to play there every year. They should have been the first team to play there, of course. And maybe the Yankees also. But they should they should move it around, let other teams go there. But uh, if I were in charge of this, clearly I'm not, I would play a game there every year uh, until it just doesn't work anymore, which I can't imagine that happening. Well, it is always an honor to have you on the program. Thank you so much for your time. Be safe, and let's talk later in the season, if not the playoffs, and enjoy this four-game set. Okay, Chris. Thank you. Tim Kirkchen from ESPN. All right, we got about what? Ten? Yeah, ten minutes. All right, before we get to buying or selling, so Sterling Marte is hitting 424 with a 1,045 OPS, six extra base hits, 11 RBIs, 11 runs scored. I mean, he's just been amazing. 11 stolen bases. Well, actually, it's 10 stolen bases during his 13-game hitting streak, but he since he'd been here for 15 games, that's where that 11 and 11 come in. He has hit safely in 14 of 15 games since being acquired by the A's on July 28th. This is the note I'm sure you knew. If I would have said Starling Marte is one of two players in A's history to have 26 hits in 15 games, the most by an A's player since, of course you would have known this. Oh, it's, uh, is it, is it what I sent you? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you're a big Pittsburgh Fired fan. Of course, you'd know this. Um, is the answer? It, wait, it's not. Is, is it Adam Kennedy? Adam Kennedy. That's it. <laughs> That's such and a good trivia question. And I remember when Adam Kennedy went through that stretch, and he was just red hot. You could not get him out. But he did not have the effect of what Starling is doing. First ever player to be acquired by a team. And in the first 15 games, had 11 RBIs and 11 stolen bases. I mean, I'm sorry. I pulled up Adam Kennedy's numbers. In, two, in, in 2009, he, at age 33, he hit 289, 11 homers, 63, 
63 runs driven and 20, 20 steals. What happened that year? What's going on in Oakland in 09? I mean, this is going to be a good series. You got a lot of guys hot. Means a lot. As Tim Kirchner selling you, you there. It's the uh, mono and mono for four games. And I'll tell you this, too. And you'll hear this in A's total access. The A's against the Central this year are 16 and four. Do you know what the White Sox are against the West? I didn't look it up. Usually I do. I forgot to do that. They're not very good. They're 9 and 11. They're under 500. Where they have made their hay is playing in a bad Central where they're 37 and 25. That's where they've done their business is in a bad division. Are you ready for some buying or selling? It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. All right, I've been wanting to get to this one with you for uh, since last week, since I heard Buster talk about it, and I, it made me think now. So Shohei Otani's having one of the greatest uh, seasons we've ever seen. Well, I mean, that's—I don't even have to say it's well documented. It's just been documented. Uh, You've two, heard about it? Some people have actually talked about it. I mean, this guy, this guy in Anaheim is doing really big things for a team that stinks. I think we've heard this narrative before with this Trout guy for a team that can't win in Anaheim. Too bad the Angels aren't doing anything to help him get to the postseason. Now, Shohei Otani will be a free agent after the 2023 season, but he's salary arbitration eligible after next year. Now, Buster only had a piece uh, on ESPN.com come out. Apparently, he spoke to an executive and asked him to ba- give a ballpark on the type of deal Otani might be able to get when he becomes a free agent at the age of 29. The executive said somewhere around five years $250 million, which comes out to $50 million a year for Shohei Otani, the pitcher slash hitter for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So if the Angels wanted to bring him back, that's $50 million for him, $37 million for Mike Trout, and $38.5 for Anthony Rendon, which is around $125.5 million for three players in their lineup. The Angels have no pitching, although they, they did take 20 pitchers in the draft this year. Uh, 20 rounds, 20 pitchers. So maybe that's what they plan on doing, developing cheap pitching for years to come. Uh, good thing Otani isn't a free agent after this year because they have to pay Justin Upton next year $28 million. Buying or selling, the Angels will be able to keep Shohei Otani. Uh, Artie Moreno will make that happen. Unless somebody is got, I, 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 you know what? I, I'm going to answer that as hell. I don't know. I don't know what his worth is. I don't know what his health is going to be. I don't know how many Tommy John surgeries this. I mean, this guy's one another Tommy John away from being done as a pitcher. I, I don't know. I, I think I, I, I think what we're seeing is the great unknown. When you start looking at what a player's value truly can be. And you start thinking about, okay, if Trout signed for 400 and what a 30 or whatever it was. I mean, it, oh, oh, Tani's worth 500 million. Is he really? Are you going to invest that much money into one guy? You know, I would say... From an A's perspective, I'd love to see him do it. Yeah, go ahead. 
Put all your money into a couple guys. Good luck. You still got no pitching. You still can't get people out. That's three. But, I mean, you what? I would say it's three guys who they'd be paying $125.5 million to. No, Tony could do both, but still you need four other guys to fill out your rotation. And, he hasn't been able to do it every five days. Yeah, and he hasn't been able to do it for a full season either. So it's kind of like, do I think he'll leave Anaheim with Artie Moreno's money there? I think no. So, uh, well, the question was, will will he stay or go? Yeah. I buy that he'll stay. Well, hopefully, uh, I mean, he's a great story. Do I want to see him stay in Anaheim? Preferably not because he plays in the A's division, but uh, it's a great story. He's a, he's a tremendous story to watch. And to watch him hitting, I mean, he's 39 home runs. We'd love to see him get to 60 home runs, but uh, I don't know if we're going to get that this year. He's kind of tailed off a little bit. Yeah, he has. And, uh, I mean, I thought we were going to see three guys potentially get to 50, two guys potentially get to 60, but I don't think we're going to even see that. But we'll, who knows? There's still some time left. The trade down that was over on July 30th, but uh, Bob Townsend's Padres, that's your brother, they're not done making moves. They just signed a they just signed a former Cy Young winner and a guy who had arguably the greatest second half ever in 2015, going 12 and one with a point seven five ERA. That be the that be Cubs legend and Orioles legend Jake Arrieta. The Cubs recently released Arrieta after going five and eleven with a six eight eight ERA and a negative. That's right, negative two point one WAR. He's 35 years old. His last good season was in 2017. The Padres need pitching with you, Darvish, banged up. And they currently have the second wild card with the Reds lurking. But they did just get Fernando Tatis Jr. back. But as you mentioned earlier, they're 10 games back in the NL West because the Giants just won't lose. And the Dodgers are playing very well, too. Buying or selling, Jake Arrieta will help the Padres' struggling rotation. Selling, it's called a desperate move. Where have they put all their eggs? They put so much of that. Well, I wouldn't. You know what? I'm gonna take that back because you went out and got you Darvish, and you went out with the you went out and got the guy who can't go more than five innings. They got Snell, but uh, not everything has worked for AJ Preller down in San Diego. But I'm selling. It is a desperate move. Hey, well, let's give Blake Snell his respect. He won seven innings his last start and struck out thirteen. That's that was about it. I mean, it's all I got for you on Blake Snell. Uh, Last one. MLB Now had a special guest uh, host earlier. I don't know if you were watching it all with BK and Adnan Verk. Uh, it was the crime dog, Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff. Uh, we talk about him a lot, and BK went over his numbers again. In 19 seasons, you know, he played 19 seasons, World Series champion with the Braves in 95. He had 10 seasons with 30 or more homers, five-time All-Star, 94 All-Star Game MVP. Uh, through their third, their age 30 seasons, I'll give you Barry Bonds' numbers. 292 homers, a 398 uh, on base percentage, 541 slugging, 159 OPS. The Crime Dog, 289 homers, so three less. Uh, a 389 on base percentage, so nine points lower. A 542 slug, which is a little bit like one point higher. And a 153 OPS plus, six points lower. Here's a quote from the Crime Dog on MOB Now. I can go to sleep every night knowing that the game I love, I went out there and played every day and played it clean and did it right. I can sleep like a baby. Buying or selling, Fred McGriff will make it to the Hall of Fame. By the way, that is Chicago Cub, Tampa Bay Devil Ray, <laughs> Los Angeles Dodger great, Fred McGriff. Yeah, I think. Oh, I 
Wait, voted in or going in by the yeah. veterans committee? No, because I think he's done. It's a it's gonna be a veterans committee thing. So I think yeah. he's done. I uh, yeah. I think I think for, I think people understand that when you look at his great career, when he was surrounded by a bunch of steroid guys. Remember, he led the league in in home runs a couple times. Um, Fred McGriff had a wonderful career. Drove in 1550, 493, career 886 OPS. Um, And once again, he was a winner, and he was surrounded by a bunch of guys who were doing steroids. So uh, I for sure, if I if I if I was on the veterans committee, if they said Chris Townsend come on down, I would definitely vote for him to be in the Hall of Fame. Same, four hundred ninety three career homers, seven shy of the loose, the illustrious five hundred career home run club. But yeah, I think he should be in too. Well, that's all I got today. So we got David Forrest. David Forrest next. We got the GM of your Oakland Athletics. We want to thank Tim Kirchin. I always want to go Tim Kirchin from ESPN joining us here on A's Cast Live. Is this a 405 start? 410. 410 start. I will be back in 15 for A's total access. Great job, Cody. And we'll see everybody in 15 minutes. A's fans, join us for the biggest music festival in the fall. It's the inaugural Battle Axe and Tracks Music Festival, held October 2nd and 3rd in Carson City, Nevada. Grammy Award nominees Kenny Wayne Shepard, Larkin Poe, Samantha Fish, and North Mississippi All-Stars are just four of the 15 acts. Festival activities also include axe throwing and freedom rail bike tours. Tickets on sale now with VIP two-day and single-day tickets available. Check out the full schedule at BattleAxeandTracks.com. That's BattleAxeandTracks.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.